I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, more of our fall TV preview. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. I saw two very different movies this week. I'll tell you about Downton Abbey and Between Two Ferns. And the hype continues to build for El Camino. There's a big anniversary this week, and American Horror Story makes a killer splash in the 80s. First, let's see what's coming this week. The traditional broadcast networks really pack their premieres into the week we just had, but there are a few in the week ahead. Saturday Night Live is back this weekend for season 45 with host Woody Harrelson and musical guest Billie Eilish. Eilish? Do you know who that is? You ever heard of her? Uh, on the... the, the... <laughs> The grasp, we have such a grasp on pop culture. Well, you, you, you're better at pop than I was, so I thought, I was like, ah, Brett will know who the this name is. The name rings a bell. She seems like a lovely young lady. <laughs> we'll find out Saturday night. <laughs> on Sunday the 29th, Animation Domination returns to Fox with a new entry this year. For over 30 years, there's been no denying Fox Sunday's Animation Domination. <laughs> and this fall... <laughs> Sunday night. It's back with all animation. We're all doing this, yes! All night long. I'm in. Maybe Peter will come too. I can't be in stories for a couple of episodes. I'm real life pregnant. And joining Fox Sunday comes the brand new series, Bless the Hearts. Hit the music! From Emmy winner Emily Spivey and Oscar winners Phil Lord and Chris Miller comes a star-studded comedy about a family that's broke, but not broken. Welcome to Biscuit Town. Population, all the biscuits you can eat. I'll have a 12 biscuit biscuit bonanza. Oh, get me some cheese grits. I will have biscuits and gravy with a side biscuit and a side of gravy. Violet, honey, what do you want? I'll take clogged arteries with a side of type 2 diabetes. Animation Domination returns bigger, Woo-hoo! better. Let's go <laughs> counterclockwise. And thicker than ever. Nobody look. This is a private gross madness. Sundays this fall on Fox. So that's The Simpsons, Family Guy, and Bob's Burgers. And then the new show, Bless the Hearts, that stars Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, and Ike Barinholtz as some of the voice talent. All those Fox animated shows in Canada are on City TV. NCIS Cool J back on Global for season 11 of that already. City or CTV rather sees the return of Shark Tank and The Rookie as well as season two of God Friended Me. Pretty sure I predicted that was gonna, not going to make it through season one, so good for them. They really must have God on their side, Brent. The Lord works in mysterious <laughs> ways. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I thought it would be done immediately. Okay, and here's another one that I think will be done almost immediately, so we'll welcome it back next year for season two. <laughs> A new show debuting on Wednesday, October 2nd. It's called Almost Family. It's on CTV. Timothy Hutton plays a fertility doctor who used his own sperm to fertilize dozens of patients over the years, which is insane. The show is about three women who find out they are all his daughters. Would you believe A well-known fertility doctor used his own sperm to father countless children. I stacked the deck. You did terrible harm. My mom was patient of your father's. Let's find out if I share a special bond with a stranger. How's our father doing? I'm just dying to get to know him. People want answers. I want answers. If they take me down, it'll destroy you too. How many others do you think there are? Dozens more. Almost Family, coming this fall to Fox. I don't understand how stuff like that gets made, but there you go. I guess it would have been a fun meeting to have. Quite the pitch. Yeah, well, and that, that kind of stuff has happened <laughs> in real life too, so. Yeah, 
but it just seems weird to base a whole TV show. It should be the, an, an episode of Law and Order. This guy getting arrested. Well, well like it's like that show last week, Bob Hart's <laughs> Abishola or whatever it's yeah, right, called. Yeah. Like that is one episode, not an entire series. <laughs> uh, SWAT returns to Global on Wednesday. Global also has a couple of returning shows on Friday the fourth with the seventh season of The Blacklist and season three of SEAL Team and the Amazon show Goliath, starring Billy Bob Thornton, drops its third season on Friday as well. And that's it for new and returning shows this coming week. Most of them, like we said, have already came back. All right. So in terms of television, big television, Netflix released a full-length trailer this week for El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. It's just over two minutes long, and there are a whopping three words of dialogue. You ready? So, we still have a couple of weeks left. October 11th is the arrival date of this mysterious, filmed-in-secret Breaking Bad movie. But for the second time earlier this week in three days, uh, Netflix not treading so lightly with Intel because on Emmy's night, they released like a 60-second teaser. And then, I believe it was Tuesday, full-length trailer for El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, was released. It's a two-minute sequence, and it opens with who was at the end of Breaking Bad, a meth-making prisoner, Jesse Pinkman, played by Aaron Paul. He shows up broken, beaten, and scarred at the doorstep. I'm reading from EW.com. Scarred at the doorstep of his friend Skinny Pete. He's clearly on the run after escaping from the Nazi captivity. And what follows are lots of beautiful, foreboding shots and... And uh, except for those three words, zero dialogue. Huh. And there does seem to be a flashback at one point by the river. And we see him at the end of the teaser, now with a shaved head and new resolve. Meet with a character we can't see who asks him, you ready? And any idea? Does that, could that voice have been Walter White? Uh, well, then, yeah, If it, in flashback, you mean. Or just in his head or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That could be. It's, so, it's, just, it's just so vague. Who knows? It could be the barber asking him if he's ready to get his head shaved. <laughs> could be. It could be, yeah. I wonder if it'll somehow link in with, uh, oh no, with the flash forwards in Better Call Saul or what, you know what I mean? I guess it's the present time in Better Call Saul. Oh my but God. But even that, we only ever get like two scenes a year, right? Yeah. Where he's working at the donut shop and or the, is that what it is? Oh, uh, it's the Cinnabon. It's Cinnabon in Oklahoma City or wherever he is. Yeah. Yeah, Who Omaha, knows? Omaha, Nebraska. I think that was not. It was, it was an O city. That was yeah, close. You were close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, that, just as a sidebar, I am curious to know <laughs> where they're going with that, what that is going to end up amounting to. So, are you excited for this? You going to watch it? I am excited for it. I'm trying not to get too excited for it. I, 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 I'm not watching these trailers over and over and over again, trying to figure stuff out. I just want to sort of be surprised by it all. Let it just because whatever's because I don't know. You can never figure it out. If Vince Gilligan doesn't want you to know what's going to happen ahead of time, there's no way you will guess what's going to happen ahead of time. Yeah. He's that masterful of that sort of thing. And another thing that we can have faith in as well is Vince Gilligan would not do this if it wasn't excellent. No. If anything, it's like a huge pain in his butt to have made this movie because he's got the other show that he's still trying to run too. So I don't think they get that much downtime. Yeah. And it's a, they wouldn't do it just for a cash grab. No. They probably had this idea where they thought, maybe we can tell one more story here. Because as much as I liked the way that series ended where with Jesse just driving off... Yeah. With his newfound freedom, he was, I think, didn't he, didn't it end with him kind of going, yes, and then exactly. it just cut mid-scene? And it worked fine, 
even though it didn't tell you what was going to happen to him, but he was so miserable locked up with those Nazis for so long, because how long was that? Months, I don't know. Months and months, or maybe even a year or something like that, Yeah, that just him getting out was enough of an ending at yeah. the time. I liked it. I thought it was cool, but Aaron Paul as that character is one of my favorite yep. anything. Like yep. I, I, I am surprised his movie career hasn't gotten bigger. That's, I thought for sure that he would be like sort of like a, a top headline actor by now. It's up there with like George on Seinfeld and Michael Scott on The Office and Sipowitz, where it's just the actor and the role are just perfect and just so solid that you could never imagine anyone else playing the character. So it's being released October 11th. So we will, I guess I know what I'm doing October 11th. <laughs> whatever, uh, whatever show we have the week after that, we'll talk about it. <laughs> I have to, and I have to watch it on October 11th too, because I can't watch it October 12th because a buddy of mine is getting married that day. That's a set, So the 11th is like the Friday? Yeah. It comes on a Friday? Yeah, that's yeah. right. It'll, it'll arrive at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. on the Friday morning. So nice. it'll be there for Friday night and we'll be, I wonder if this will be like the biggest thing that Netflix has ever released. We'll have to find out. Yep, if they let us. Up next, we'll tell you what is coming to home video and some interesting casting news regarding an upcoming threequel. Oh. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Taking a look now on what's coming to home video this week. Everyone, Bonnie made a friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. He's a spork. Yes, yeah, I know. That'd be your Toy Story 4, Brad, on Digital HD this coming Tuesday. Did you see it in theater? I did. And it's good, huh? It's pretty good. Uh, it was not three, as good as Toy Story 3. Yeah. yeah, well, three, all, all of the first three are classic. This one just felt like a retread. It's okay. just starting to feel like I think we need to put Toy Story to bed. Okay. I, sh I think I still want to see it. Oh, definitely see it. It's good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's still very good. It just, I hold, the, the Toy Story movies are all so good. Oh, yeah. That when you get one that's not excellent. One that's an A instead of an A+. plus. Exactly. All right. Also much. out on Digital HD, Stuber, that's the one with Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't even know what his real name is. Dave Batista. Dave Batista. Former wrestler? Correct. Current wrestler? I, I don't know if he... He might make the odd appearance, but I I, I don't quote me on that. All right. And also uh, with uh, Kumail Nanjiani, who plays uh, like a rideshare driver, and then he picks up Batista, who's a cop, yeah. and they go start uh, banging heads and shooting bad guys and stuff. Interesting. bombed hard in the theater. Yeah, I was just looking at the box office numbers for that. So Toy Story 4 made... Over a billion dollars. Zoinks. 1.06 billion worldwide. Stuber made 32.3 million. Worldwide. Worldwide. Wow. Yeah. Well, that was, they, they released that in July. That was just bad, like, stupid. It, it's not Stuber, it's just stupid. <laughs> just bad. I don't know why they thought they would put that in the summer schedule. That just got buried by everything else out there. Crazy. And on Blu-ray DVD on Tuesday, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home comes to home video, or to, you know, a hard copy like that. I'll be picking that up sometime soon. I tend now to wait for them to try, I try to wait until they're on sale. Yeah. Or until I get a gift card. Well, I just went to go buy Avengers Age of Ultron, actually, on Blu-ray, because I don't have it, because I've been, I watched Avengers Infinity War again, so I was going to go buy Avengers Endgame, yep. and figured I'll get Age of Ultron while I'm here. Yep. I thought, yeah, it can't be that expensive, it's been out probably for five years on Blu-ray. 
It was $37. Oh, my God. So I put it back on the shelf and no said, kidding. no, thanks. That's... It's price has gone up. What yeah, is it, a collector's item or something. I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, yeah, sometimes with the I think the Avengers specifically that the prices don't keep dropping, don't drop very fast. I still haven't got Endgame. I, again, waiting for it to come down. I just bought the Last Jedi like three weeks ago. Oh, really? And that didn't get any cheaper either. So whatever. Also, Chernobyl. If you really like the HBO series Chernobyl, you can uh, buy that on Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah, that one best limited series yeah. at the Emmys. And we talked about that earlier this year when I watched it. Excellent television. It is difficult television, but it is important television. And it was a well-deserved win at the Emmys. And what was a very difficult or tough field, that limited series yeah. had some good choices this year. It had that oh, that one from Netflix. Uh, when They See Us. Yes, When They it's See Us. Central Park Five, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That Many years, that would have easily won. It did, that one did win an award. I think it won an acting award. Yeah. But uh, did you watch the Emmys? I did. What'd you think? I was also very sick, so I was floating in and out of like focus on it but it was uh, uh it was fun for all the different winners and it, like not everything you expected to win won at all yeah. maybe the two game of thrones ones were the only real ones that you thought would win there was a lot of stuff that won that i had not seen before which more so than usual cuz usually we're not terrible about that sort of thing but it was it was a bonkers show yeah. It was, it was, but the bits were, it was not funny. No. The, the Fox of it all kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I liked almost none of the bits. The Ken Jong. That was the worst. With the, yeah, trying to make that TikTok movie. And then when uh, Maya Rudolph and what was the guy that was with her? Is that Ike Barinholtz? Yep. When they were. With the sunglasses. Pretend, yeah. Pretending they just oh. had the LASIK surgery and they were reading <laughs> gibberish. It just went on way too long. And then Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Bill Hader, they were fine. Yeah. They were funny. They were the only funny ones. Yeah. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge uh, cleaned up for Fleabag. Yes. And Jeff's going to review. We'll get to uh, that in a bit. You, you watch the whole thing, right? Yep. Attaboy. So apparently it's a quick watch if you it want is. to. So we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll set aside the Fleabag because I'm sure there's a there's a very good chance <laughs> you never heard of Fleabag until this past Sunday night at the Emmys and that they must be loving that over oh my. at Amazon. I would imagine. So now let's switch gears. Yep. To some exciting news oh my. about Jurassic World three. What's the guy's name that uh, does the Family Guy again? Seth MacFarlane. He is obsessed with this music because in Ted two he uses it. Really? Seen, yeah, they stumble upon a marijuana field. And then he just launches into the Jurassic Park music, just starts. Oh, nice. And Ted, the teddy bear that does drugs, says, they're moving in herds. <laughs> they do move in herds. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, hey, the, the movie Jurassic World 3 will continue yep. to star Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. But like them both. The OG cast <gasps> will be back as well. So that means Laura Dern and Sam Neill. How fast are they? Well, we clocked the T-Rex to 32 miles an hour. T-Rex? Mm-hmm. You said you've got a T-Rex? Uh-huh. Say again. <laughs> we have a T-Rex. Wow. And Jeff Goldblum. Isn't it great? Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Now, Goldblum's Ian Malcolm appeared in 2018's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, 
But just in a tiny bit part, we were both super that disappointed. That was a waste of Goldblum. I know. If if he hadn't been in that Thor Ragnarok movie like the year before, I would have been even more upset because it had been a while since we got some Goldblum. But thank God for Thor. We got lots of good Goldblum in that. But that Jurassic World Fallen King, that was... Uh, that was so disappointing. It was a huge, stupid, just stupid. I'm so mad about that. But you're right. Thor Ragnarok, uh, Jeff Goldblum steals that <laughs> yeah. movie. If you've not seen Thor Ragnarok, you should watch it just to see Goldblum yeah. being Goldblum. Uh, so Dern and Neil haven't been back in this franchise since 2001's Jurassic Park 3. They all originated the roles in the 1993 Jurassic Park classic and Jurassic World 3 set to be released in June 2021. And hopefully it doesn't end up being the same thing where Sam Neill, he skipped part two, right? Yep. And then he came back for three, but that was the worst of the original three. Right. And she's barely in the third one. She's in some, because she doesn't get in on the dinosaur action in Jurassic Park 3. That's right. She doesn't come. Yeah. She's at the beginning and then at the end... He phones her or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Okay. She, she sends in the cavalry to save them at the end. Well, it's... I, Spoilers oh, for Jurassic Park 3. As long is, as <laughs> long as they get more Goldblum on screen, yeah, that'll be good. So again, June 2021 for Jurassic World 3. Up next, Jeff will share his thoughts on Downton Abbey, Between Two Ferns, and Fleabag. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. I saw a couple of movies this week, one in theater and one at home. Talk about my theater-going experience first to see Downton Abbey the movie. I am the King's Butler. We have come to Downton in advance of their majesties. The royal butler's terribly scary. Stay out of our way. I am their majesty's chef. I want the only boy in now. He wants a clip round the ear now. Can I help you at all? I'm Lady Bagshaw's maid. Might as well admit, I like her. She is a scheming little minx. What piffle you talk. <gasps> there is no need to argue. I never argue. I explain. Not really sure how to review this movie. You either already want to see it or you don't. If you watch the series and enjoyed the series, then yes, you want to see the movie and you will enjoy the movie. If you did not watch the show, no real point in going to the movie. You'll be able to follow the plot, but it'll hold so little meaning because you have no history with the characters and they don't do a lot of effort in like reintroducing everybody. It's basically a self-contained story set about a year after the show in 1927. It's uh, the show, by the way, about a wealthy British family and their staff at their country estate, Downton Abbey. The king and queen are coming for a visit, and since these people mostly only exist for this sort of pomp and circumstance, it's a big deal. The royals bring their own staff as well, so there's conflict with all the Downton staff there. Uh, If you are a Downton fan, I will say that you'll enjoy it, and I gave it three and a half couch cushions out of five. I did get into a little bit of a thing before the movie started. Oh. Now, I'm a 43-year-old man, and I went to a matinee of this by myself, and I felt very, very out of place, because that theater was 95% um, older women. Okay. And one of them was sitting in my seat. Oh, no. <laughs> and it, and it's a theater with the recliners that are numbered, so you everyone has an assigned seat. And uh, I felt bad for them because they there was a group of, like, 10 friends that had gone, but they were scattered all throughout because they couldn't get... Like, this thing keeps selling out. This is, I tried, like, three days trying to go see this movie wow. before I could get a seat that wasn't right up front. And this group of friends was all... They were spread out all over, and only one of them had all the tickets on the, her phone. And was trying to figure out what the seat numbers were and stuff like, and it got it was a whole schmozzle. I felt bad. I was like, "Look, I don't mind. I'll sit anywhere. Just 
you know, give me a seat number that's empty that you guys bought a ticket for, and I'll just go sit in it. I don't care. But yeah, so it was a thing, and I felt bad, and they didn't. It didn't seem like they appreciated it. So where did you end up sitting? I, I they found their proper seats, and the lady moved over, and I sat in my seat. Oh, yeah. Well, good for you yeah. for, for stepping up. That well, what actually- are you supposed to do? I, <clears throat> I would have just sat anywhere else, but then I would have ended up in somebody else's seat, right? So you got to deal with these things. Well, first, uh, on the Downton Abbey success, I think we talked about how Downton Abbey is probably going to be big, but I did not anticipate that not, not only would it be number one, but that it would smash the other two new releases last week, Ad Astra with Brad Pitt. Yep. That's that space movie. Right. And then Rambo Last Blood. So and I knew Rambo wouldn't be a huge hit, but... Downton Abbey crushed them both. It had $31 million. Ad Astra had $19 million, And Rambo Last Blood, very close in third place with $18.9 million. So, that yeah. Down, yeah, I was very surprised that it was as much of a force as it was. Especially just, I don't know, like there's this stigma, right? Like it's a TV show. Why would I pay money to go see it in the theater? Which has yeah. long been a stigma, that sort of thing. Which is why we usually see stuff like this. It's a movie, all right, but it's a TV movie or a Netflix movie or something like that. Yeah. Like even the to say El Camino, they're not putting that in movie theaters. Well, they're, they're which putting... is weird, though, because you think as many people watched by the end of Breaking Bad that watched Downton Abbey. I know. Well, I, I, it is going to have a very small, limited theatrical run. Just Probably so just a couple of big chains in the States, uh, just a few, a handful of theaters. For awards eligibility, probably. That's usually why they do that sort of thing. Oh, okay. But yeah, well, they <clears throat> they must have just signed a big deal with Netflix. Yeah. Like Netflix probably wanted that movie, or maybe it helped them keep their production costs down. Who knows? But uh, de- people love their Downton Abbey. You yeah. were voracious with that show. I, yeah, it's it, well, it's... Basically, it's a soap opera. So you know how anyone gets about soap operas. You watch soaps for a while in your life. And oh, yeah. So if one of those, if it's like, hey, it ends now and the next one's on the movie theaters in three years, you'd go see it, right? For sure. So that's that's basically what this is. It's a soap opera, but it's gussied up a little nicer with better production values, and it's all old-timey and British, so it feels classier. Also, when the the movie The Queen came out, and that was... Helen Mirren? That's like 2006, I believe. Yeah, I'm just pulling that up now. The Queen, 2000, yeah, October 2006. So when that got its Best Picture nomination, I went to see that on a Sunday afternoon at the same theater you're talking about, which is um, there are a lot of... Uh, Older people who live in that part of the part city. Of the city. Yep. So when I went to the theater, uh, and to be fair, it doesn't matter what theater it would have been, a Sunday matinee for The Queen is going to have an older demographic. Yeah. But So this was 13 years ago. I was still in my late 20s. <laughs> I walk into this theater, and I swear to God, there, there couldn't have been... I don't think there was a single person in that theater who was under the age of 60. Yeah. And I just, I felt like all these judgy eyes on me. <laughs> the only seat that was open was in the far back left, or sorry, face. So if you're facing it, the far back right corner. Yep. So I was on the left side when I was facing the screen. And I just, I, I was scared. I don't know. It was the strangest <laughs> thing. It was so strange. And then when the movie ended, I was the first one up, out, and darted out the door. And, Same here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it was uh, funny. And I don't know what was weirder, though, going to see that or going to see Sex in the City by myself, because a lot of theaters full of women. And I also went to see Twilight New Moon. I went to the midnight screening because I, I, I had to do a hit on our radio station for that. And uh, there were a lot of teenagers there and a lot of 
cougar ladies there <laughs> who were like all over uh, Jacob. Right. And, okay. Uh, oh, because is that the werewolf kid that doesn't wear a shirt? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's right. So uh, they were all looking at me funny too. So <laughs> anyway, I, I I get where you're coming from yeah. with that. So uh, between two ferns. Between two ferns. Also. Uh, used to be a TV show, and now it's a movie. It's on Netflix. Welcome to another edition of Between Two Ferns, and my guest today is Matthew McConaughey. Good to be here, Zach. Of all the things you can win an Oscar for, how surprised are you that you won one for acting? Here we go. I noticed that you're wearing a shirt. Is everything okay? I don't know if I'm going to get these shows out. We don't have any money. Oh We're God. hungry. We're going to order the clam strips. How big are they? Have you ever seen a chicken strip? I've never seen a chicken wear clothes. Between two ferns, the movie. Is this going to be? In, is it going to be in theaters? Not in theaters. Not in theaters. This is one of the weirder things to become a movie. I mean, we all snickered at the notion of the Disneyland ride Pirates of the Caribbean becoming a movie. That worked out. Fun movie. Big hit. Launched a franchise. So why not Between Two Ferns? It's, I said it was a TV show. It's not really. It was a Funny or Die web series. And it's as simply comedian Zach Galifianakis awkwardly interviewing celebrities as they sit between two ferns. They're always just a few minutes long on the web series, and there's no story. It's just the series of mean, loaded questions from Zach, like when he asked McConaughey if he was surprised to get an Oscar for acting. Um, the movie's on Netflix. You can watch it right now if you want. And it's not bad. It's directed by Scott Ackerman of Comedy Bang Bang fame, and it co-stars Lauren Lapkus, who had the line, I've never seen a chicken wear clothes, which is actually the biggest laugh I gave out when I was watching that. Oh. It, just, it just struck me so funny. Uh, a guy named Ryan Gall, and Giovanni Linneo are also in it, as is Will Ferrell. Um, and, of course, there's a ton of these celebrities playing themselves as the subjects of Galifianakis' interviews. They came up with this road trip scenario for the story of the movie. Will Ferrell plays an insane version of himself. He owns Funny or Die, and he tells Zach that if he can get from Zach's North Carolina studio to Ferrell's L.A. office in 10 days with 10 new episodes of Between Two Ferns, Farrell will get him his own big network show. So Zach grabs his stuff, his camera guy, audio lady, lady and a producer. They hit the road looking for celebrities to interview along the way. They meet a bunch, uh, and we see get to see snippets of the interviews like we would a regular episode of the web series. There are also some flashbacks to previous interviews, well, new to us, but previous in the story's timeline. Um, and as usual, they do a good job of getting some big names involved, like McConaughey, Keanu's in it, Brie Larson, Chance the Rapper, uh, dozens of others. Some get proper whole scenes. Some just get very brief moments. Lapkus, as a producer, steals a lot of scenes. Uh, she's got this increasingly crazy backstory that gets fleshed out, and she's just a funny actress. Anyways, Zach Galifianakis is his reliable self. In the Hangover movies, he's just a dumb guy. In this, he's dumb, but he's also kind of mean a lot, and it's very entertaining. The whole thing was very entertaining, provided that you find this kind of humor funny. If you watch Between Two Firms and on the webs, on the internet, and you didn't like it, Obviously, don't watch a movie. If you did like them, got to see the movie. The other good news is it's short. It's only 82 minutes long. Now, for most movies, that would be embarrassing. But this is such a simple endeavor on the story front that it needn't be any longer than that. Watch the credits, though. There's lots of fun bloopers during the credits. Three and a half couch cushions out of five for Between Two Ferns, the movie. Up next, Jeff is going to tell you about Fleabag. We have an anniversary to mark. <gasps> and I just want to quickly touch on AHS 1984. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're going to talk TV now. And a show called Fleabag won a bunch of Emmys last weekend. Congratulations, Dad. Congratulations. Cheers. Thank May these you. be the worst of our days. Shame. 
don't know who this guy is. Is that fur? Yes, but it's okay because it had a stroke. Oh, oh lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go to hell for that, can I, Father? <laughs> no, not as long as you confess. Oh, God, he's their priest. Then you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> They're cool, sweary priests. <laughs> Uh, the show Fleabag derailed what many, including myself, thought would be a victory lap for Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Veep. She didn't win what would have been a record-breaking ninth Emmy, and Veep didn't win and said the awards went to Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Fleabag. Waller-Bridge is a creator, writer, and star. She was also the voice of L337 in Solo, A Star Wars Story, which I recall is one of the highlights from that movie. Yeah, she was very funny. She is a terrifically talented woman. She also created the show with Sandra Oh that I can't remember right now that she keeps getting nominated for. Killing Eve? Yeah, she was a showrunner on season one of that. Fleabag was on my list for months and months, maybe even since the first season came out three years ago. And after its big haul last Sunday, I decided to quickly watch it this week, which is easy. It's only 12 episodes, and they're all less than half an hour long. So in five and a half hours, you can watch the whole series. Made up of two six-episode seasons. Uh, it's British, by the way, BBC Across the Pond, Amazon here in North America. And it's amazing. I'd heard wonderful things from both critics and friends whose opinions I respect, which is why it was on the list. And it lives up to the hype. It really does. It's hysterical, it's clever, and it's often very touching. Walla Bridge plays, well, Fleabag. No one calls her that, but that's her name in the credits. She doesn't have an actual name that anyone calls her for whatever reason. Some characters have names. Others never get names for... Again, no rhyme or reason. She's a 30-year-old living in London trying to get her life on track. She's a bit of a mess, and even when she's down and out, though, she can wear a smile very easily, although she really does have some dark stuff going on inside. Uh, over the course of season one, we get to know her and her history, especially as it pertains to a close friend she had who recently died. We only ever see the friend in flashbacks from the jump. We also learned that her mom had recently died. We learned that at right away, too. The rest of her family is crazy, as are all the people she meets. It's really quite a collection of characters. And it's one of these fast-talking comedies, uh, along with the razor-sharp wit deployed at lightning speed. The breaking of the fourth wall can be a dizzying experience at times. She, bra- she breaks the wall, only her. She winks at us, she smiles at us, she talks to us, and she often does this mid-sentence while she's talking to someone else. It's really something. Um, season two was even better than season one. I don't think she planned on bringing it back for his third season, which would in keeping with the British tradition of great shows having short runs. And season two ends in a series finale-ish kind of way, so I sort of hope she doesn't bring it back. I also have no problem putting Fleabag up in the pantheon of other perfect Britcoms like Faulty Towers and the original Office series. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is a force to be reckoned with. She's one of the great talents of our time, as it turns out, and I highly recommend you watch Fleabag. I will try to get that onto my list because eventually Amazon is going to release the next season of The Expanse. They picked that up from Sci-Fi. That's been one of my favorite shows for the last three years, so I will have to get Amazon. And you better believe whenever they launch their (laughs) Lord Lord of the the Rings Rings, series, I will be a full-fledged Amazon Prime subscriber. Want to quickly touch on the show. It's actually two episodes have aired now. I've only watched the first one. I guess where they're calling it AHS 1984, American Horror Story. Now, I want to play first the original theme song for the series. So you've probably, if you don't, even if you don't watch the show, you've probably heard the music. Sound familiar? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So they do variations of this for each of the, the series. It's an anthology series. Every season, it's a new theme. They're now in their ninth season, and AHS 1984 has appropriate music. Yeah. Fringe styles. 
Yeah, exactly. Gets the 80s treatment. It's just wonderful. The, the credits are just gold. So right away, I am hooked on this show because the theme is amazing. And the show was great. You know, all of the 80s touches. It had awesome music throughout. So just the 80s music made it fun. The costumes are great. And I like the whole slasher theme there. It's sort of an homage. Is it the, scary? Uh, yeah, and it was. They said it was going to be the the most violent, and so far they were bang on. It is super violent so far. So yeah, it's really cool, and really one of the main reasons I why I wanted to play this theme is Jeff already touched on it. Any excuse we have to play this obscure theme song? I mean, really, by the time this episode aired, no one was watching Fringe anymore. Just you and me, pretty much, and my buddy Burkus. But other than that. Like, Fringe was a big hit when it first started, but it disappeared very quickly. But yeah, we loved that. They only they only did that once. They should have done... Just one episode they did? Just one episode. Oh, for they some sh- reason, I thought they did it for a whole stretch. Or did they do it for two episodes? I don't know. What's the anniversary, Jeff? Get busy living or get busy Shawshanking. Get busy living or get busy dying. That's goddamn right. 25 years. Wow. 94. And most people didn't see it in the theater. I certainly didn't see it 25 years ago this weekend or anything. I did see it in theater, but it must have been months later on a re-release for right before the Oscars. Because it okay. got nominated for a bunch of Oscars. It got shut out at the Oscars. Ugh. Many years it would sweep the Oscars. Yep. But it was the year. It was up against Forrest Gump. Pulp Fiction was that year. Four Weddings and a Funeral. Quiz Show was a stacked year. Uh, one of the best ever. And yeah, Shawshank was definitely there. And... Morgan Freeman was a good actor before that, and people knew it, but he was on the A-list after this one. Yeah, that movie is just such a classic. It's so inspiring, and just cl- just the way that he was able to get himself out of jail, this, the conviction, in, in, yeah. in literal and figurative, right. in, in oh, how he got himself out. Because it took years, and to be able to devote yourself to that. Best ending ever. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Make so sure you subscribe. Say what to nail. <laughs> Sorry. We should have had the Peter Griffin of that. Anyways. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, no bother. <laughs>